0: All right, good evening, everybody. Uh, If you don't know me, I'm Brian Pickler. I'm gonna pinch it. Jay kind of did the whole, you know, right hander. He wants me to come in. But before we start, I need some help. This will be the first time that I've taught. I mean, I teach every Sunday, but this is my first like time gonna be on like a podcast and like in front of a big group of you guys. I've taught like Navy stuff, but I've never taught this stuff. So, you guys ready? Everybody, make sure you smile. Ready? Thank you. All right. He didn't get in it? I'm sorry. We'll take another one later. That looks cheesy. Thank you, everybody. All right. You weren't in the picture. Nuts. All right. So in front of you, you should have a piece of paper and a index card. So the piece of paper is going to be for your homework, and the the index card is going to be for writing down some answers to questions, and you're going to finish a sentence for me here in a little bit. So on your first piece of paper... I would like you to write, what did you want to do when you grew up? So I'm not grown up yet, but what did you want to do, like when you were younger, if someone needs a pen, i got some more. What did you want to do? Paper? should be some right in the box. So, so how big should you, is this going to be like a show? It doesn't, nope, nope, the paper, just write it small on the top, on the top of the paper, like the header, if you Microsoft Word people, put it at the header, write what you would, would do when you grow up. What did you want to be when you grow up? pickler got it all right now what I need you to do is take the piece of paper when you're done when when you're done put your eyes up on me when you're done all right pass your paper to the left pass your paper to the left or if there's only two okay we did that now listen does anybody giggle like did anybody giggle when you read it read it anybody have a good one you got? What's your?
1: professor or a
0: med scientist? scientist. That's a good one. Okay. Anybody else? OBGYN. OBGYN. Okay. Helping people. That's good. Anybody else? Anybody have no, no one put down circus clown. Who put wide receiver? Wide receiver
2: for
0: Washington Nice. That's cool. I'm going to guess that to you. Um, <laughs> Coroner doctor. Coroner doctor? So you know what's funny? When I told them when I was a cryptologist, they stopped and was like, oh, you work with dead people? I'm like, no, 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 no. The other cryptologist. All right. So how do you think kids respond to that question when you ask them, what do they want to do when they grow up? Astronaut. Huh? Astronaut, right? What else? No, they do like influencers. Or video game. well that's now but let's let's talk kids when we were young what did we want to do <laughs> baseball player right pilot fireman police right that's what I wanted to be a police officer uh, and, and I was gonna be home and right so that's you know still in the Navy probably for life but that's all right so why do we as adults stop asking that question when was the last time you asked yourself what do I want to do when I grow up we stop why we settle into our life. We settle into what we're doing. So when we settle into what we're doing, what do we forget to do? We forget to look and maybe like, hmm, how might God want me to be doing whatever? What mission might God be calling us to do? Right? We don't just settle and do, just go through the daily grind of get up when the alarm clock goes off and go to work and come back. Right? No, we don't do that. We need to be open to God's daily interruptions. So how might we do that? How might we consider what our specific sense of mission and calling is supposed to be? Well, I'm glad you guys are here today. That's what we're going to talk about. All right, but first, let's look at Psalm 9, or correction, Psalm 8. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babies and infants. You have established strength because of your foes You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Jesus, we ask you please bless this time, bless this discussion on our mission and our calling. Uh, Open our hearts and minds to just your word on us tonight, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So... What comes to mind when someone is called to Christian ministry? What, what comes to mind? What's the first thing when I say you're called to Christian ministry? A pastor. Missionary, pastor. Okay. Commitment. A commitment. Okay. To what? To Jesus Christ. To Jesus. Okay. All right. So just a general commitment if you say you're called to ministry. Person, okay. Person of great faith. Person of great faith. Okay. How does it change your perspective if I told you all Christians are called to ministry? How does that change your calculus? Does it?
2: I've always had that mindset from the time I was very young. Cool. That if you're a Christian, you're called to service.
0: Okay.
1: Well, it broadens the population. Rather than just those who were
2: called to be missionaries, those who were called to be pastors, uh, now it's all of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah? All Christians. Okay? So, first call for us is to, generally, God's commissioned every single one of His image bearers to declare and demonstrate His glory, like we just read, His glory over all the earth. So, we're called to salvation. And then, what are we called to do? Turn and go to mission. So, I say a lot in our small group your salvation is not for you, right? The salvation that you have is not for you personally. Your salvation is to go and tell somebody else. So how do you do that? What does that mission look like? So we know in the Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter. God called his people to go, to send. He used a lot of the overt language more than 50 times in John's gospel. And most of the sending language was reserved for when he was sending out Jesus. But in turn, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. That's not like I also, it doesn't say I also send pastors, I also send missionaries. No, it says I send you. Okay, so the church, if we're being sent on an active mission out into the world, that means us as individual members, we've got a role. We've got a role in this mission statement, right? So we're called to a specific mission. So we've already said that pastors alone don't do the ministry, that it's everybody. So Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, he made it clear that God gives leaders to the church so that every Christian in the local church can do the work of the ministry. Every Christian, not just one. So how do you identify what you're specifically called to do? How, how would you do that? Well, I'm really glad you guys asked. Pull out your, your index card. I've got five questions for you, okay? Five questions. Number one, it's being called your gifting. How are you uniquely gifted for the mission? What ways do you personally, uh, what ways do your personality and your gifts open opportunities for mission? So, number one, what's your gifting? Okay, what gifts do you have that can help with the mission? Please look up when you're done. So what ways do you personally, your personality or your gifts open opportunities for missions? All right, so we have 29 people in here. So we have 29 unique gifts and talents, right? So go, someone. What's your gift that you think is going to help you out with the mission? I I
2: think I have a gift of
0: hospitality. Hospitality? That's huge. We literally just got done talking about hospitality. Who else? Teaching. Teaching, okay. I don't have that, but okay. We'll find out by the end of the night who falls asleep. Okay? Anybody else?
1: Generally service.
0: Service oriented, like service, okay. Question number two is passions. What gets you out of the bed in the morning? Don't write the alarm clock. The answer to this question can kind of give you insight to what your callings are. What are your passions? So if you're like, man, I don't know what my passions are, like I'm not sure, think about the last time you got so riled up about something or whatever, and that was like, you were really, and that could be something you're passionate about. Like the Yankees still being in first place, right? There we go, that's something to be passionate about. Anybody like to share? Passions?
1: I have two extremes.
0: Go for it. I'm not cheering for the Yankees. Boo. Ah, but boom. but I, there's three things. I like I love getting up in the morning because I like the quiet. I like to get up early and I just I like that quiet. So sure. With that comes my time with the Lord. But the other quiet thing is I love
1: gardening because it gets me away from everything. I, and I found a few people in the church that
0: love doing this. I love challenging high, challenging hiking. So cool. I like to go in the mountains and stuff like that. Nice. Sure. Or, yeah, but you could even go to like community gardens or something. I know places like in Portsmouth or whatever, and just help out with what you know and pass your your knowledge along. I mean, even though you like to do it by yourself, but that's not a bad way to get out of your comfort zone and do it. Okay. Anybody else? Other passions? Working with my hands. Work with your hands. Okay. Like handyman stuff, like woodworking, everything. Yeah, yeah anything. Cool. So, someone needs help in the church? Call him. Okay. They do. <laughs> Alright, one more person. Passions. I
2: enjoy the music and uh really. <laughs> That's a really <ride. laughs> um, but also um, yard Like I, right. I enjoy mowing my grass and putting the stripes in it. Six eight
0: zero six Forest Lake Court. Come on over. Well yeah. Alright. Speaking of location, right? Location number three, location. Where you live, work, and play kind of gives you this natural understanding of your mission. The location that you're at, do you think you're there haphazardly? Do you think you're not there for a reason? And when you change your mindset and live where you work, where you live, where you play and hang out, like, that you're there for a reason. God's got there intentional. So what areas can this, like, how can your area that you live, work, and play in impact your mission? Okay, that's number three. What impact does your current location have on your calling? To share location?
2: We uh, sold our house and we moved into an apartment complex, mm. and it kind of forced us to get to know the people that we're living so like, intimately with. So um, I've been able to share the gospel with two of my neighbors. That's awesome. Which, I mean, like living in a house, didn't bother you know, like walking down the street and knocking on door, but I see yeah. these people all the time. So.
0: Cool.
1: I'm around a large group of lost people I work,
0: Okay. having the opportunity to witness to them. And and the cool thing is you don't even have to, like...
1: You don't have to make an effort to add it, you just do how you live your life and how you carry yourself. Right. Uh, People notice that.
0: They do. And then that strikes up the conversation. Or, you know, you happen to just talk to somebody else that you know is a Christian about. Hey, on Sunday, I used an ACDC reference, and it really got the small group up in arms, like, man, you ruined that song for us. And so I was telling that to somebody, and someone comes over and says, hey, what were what you just talking about? And we were talking about They're like, oh, I never thought about that. Wow, that's cool. And it gets to open the door to the gospel conversation. Cool. All right? One more person. Location. We've been living in our high
1: school for 30 years. Neighbors on either side of the street come and gone. And during that time, we've had a chance to speak into their lives and, and, and care for them. Mm-hmm. And so, uniquely, I'm there because I've had 10 people, 10 families on
0: both sides of it. That's awesome. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is one common denominator there. Yeah. All right. um Moving on. All right. History. Number four is your history. Okay, your history. You also might look at your life history for clarity to your kind of calling. So you may notice that God seems to bless this particular work you've done in the past or something that you really find joy in, some forms of mission. So you may be a person who effectively is gifted and showing mercy or maybe helping out a neighbor or doing like work around the house. So what does your life history help define your calling? How does your life history help define your calling? Like where have you been? What have you done might determine or help your calling. All right, history. Your past, okay? Go. Who's got Who's got a a good input? Your history. Carmelita Beach to it. Sorry. Yes, ma'am.
2: Cool, okay.
1: So a good part of my career I was in banking finance, so that gave me the opportunity to help a lot of people navigate different financial problems, helping set up prices and things of that nature, so that sort of helped me
0: be able to help others. Cool. Anybody else? Your history.
1: Things that they're going through, and provide you know, help me you know, some insight and help how I was able to manage to get through those things
0: and deal with things. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'm guilty of is never answering the questions that I ask. So, growing up Roman Catholic, growing up in the great state of New Jersey, uh, people say, "What? You don't have an accent anymore?" So, yeah, it comes out when you get excited, and that's another way to get people to talk, but. Uh, Being a Yankee fan, a lot of history there. Um, Navy, 23 years or almost 23 years. I've got uh, six surface deployments, uh, five subsurface deployments, multiple tours all around the world. So my history, like you said, there's a lot of things that I've done that I shouldn't be standing here right now. Uh, And some of the things that I've done overseas, right, that I know the Lord has definitely blessed me and has had grace on me for all the things. So I've been there, done that, got that T-shirt. And like we can talk about no one's ever too far gone. And to have that conversation with somebody when they are in their lowest valley that we can talk to them and pick them back up. I think that is huge when it comes to our history. And that leads us right into the next one. Number five, your opportunities. Write down some of the ready-made opportunities that happen before you. If you didn't know, there are God daily interruptions in your life. You need to be open to those God daily interruptions. So what opportunities are immediately before you? Today? Tomorrow? Like, what, how can you engage based on the reality that there is someone in your life right now that needs Jesus? Your opportunities. All right, opportunities. Who would like to share, Jacob? You guys are quiet back there. Go for it. Opportunities. What you got?
1: I, mean, I will say, like, you know, people at work, but it's, you know, being in the military is just. I guess you live by lead and lead by example, and uh, I'm not afraid of saying that I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm open to you know, anybody that needs some kind of counseling, but um, but I have to be careful not crossing that line. Sure. Um, but there, there are there are definitely opportunities, especially with um, really everybody, but, but I'm just going to give an example. Just recently, on a uh, marriage retreat of the Cove and um, I brought it up on one of the seniorship uh, leaders said to everybody hey we have this great opportunity so please you know take advantage don't wait you know you know if you think your marriage is, is perfect uh you know things can happen so take take advantage of this program so there's always opportunities you just have to find a way to express them and, yeah. and expose them so um so i'm just praying that someone you know from, from my team uh, take advantage of that but like you said There's definitely opportunities. The Lord will open windows of opportunities to pray about it and be bold about it. Um, At the same time, being careful with, you know, what you say at because of certain
0: policies. Sure. Sure. Anybody else? Opportunities.
2: We've been been blessed with um, just getting to know some of our neighbors. Um, Some just moved in and just... Through different interactions and seeing you know people dealing with different homeownership issues and things like that, and it's been neat to see how just our like five houses just right around us and people have been chipping in and helping. Um, and it's people have asked you know it, it comes out that I'm a pastor, and so they they've asked me, "What's what, where's your church at?" Yeah. And then, so those kinds of conversations are starting to happen a little more organically. Um, but there's also some um, there's also some needs that are that are there also um, with one of our neighbors, um, and he's got some health issues, can't cut his grass, that kind of stuff, and so um, I can use one of my passions um, to to help uh, um, as an opportunity, um, and utilize some history of, of you know um, mowing, but um, but there, all seriousness, there, there's you know he he came over the other day to to talk and. You know, so that they're they're going to a looking at a church, um, and so just some of those conversations are opening up, and um, it's just the opportunities are there. And then there's a couple that we not, aren't so sure about, like, or sure, not there, you know. Um, so, but they're we just keep inviting, and yeah, keep having those conversations. Yeah.
0: Everything that you do every day walking the dog to going to the store to going to get gas to. Going to a a promotion ceremony today, there was a lady standing outside of Waterside that needed help. And so it's just one of those It depends on where you are being open to that mission. So these five factors, your gift, your passions, your location, your history, and your opportunities, all of these together will kind of help you when it comes to thinking about that calling. So your calling and the the Christians, your calling isn't just to make coffee on Sunday morning or to stand at the door and hand out bulletins or to say hello at the front, at the door, right? The greeters. Those things are important, but that's not our only mission. That's not our only way that we're going out. So here's what we're gonna do. If everybody says room on their card or on the back of their card, I need you to write this sentence and finish it, okay? It says, God has uniquely called me to engage in his mission by, fill in the blank with all your opportunities you wrote, with all the the five things on the back that you wrote. God has uniquely called me to engage in his mission by, use some of those five things that you wrote down to finish that statement. With the understanding that it's going to change. Okay? Depending on where you're at in your life, what stage of life. Your sentence could completely change next week. Right? Who knows what's going to happen. It could change tomorrow. So, but this is just for right now. God has uniquely called me to engage in his mission by fill in the blank. All right. So if anyone's following, we're on, we're starting in section three of the, the, the paperwork. We're on section three. Is that boring you that no. much? <laughs> All right. Can I get everybody raise their hands if you're done? Raise your hand if you're done. Okay. All right. Charlie, you have no opportunities to see people at all, do you? You have no opportunities to talk to people. Not at all. all. But did you know that you can help start churches? Did you know that? Have the right fact. Yeah, they have the right to make it sound very well. All right. So you all have the ability to start churches. So there's one specific way that you can play a role in God's mission. So throughout North America, we've seen this this huge. Resurgence of effort to start these churches and to revamp existing churches, specifically in urban areas. So these new churches, what do they need? They need missionary missionary disciples to play in all these different roles in the early stages of the church. They need more men and women who are willing to kind of invest as church planners, team members, and senders. So when I say someone might be called to a church planner, often it's going to be. Do you guys remember last week when we did that little the leadership? A little breakdown of the rules and the people that were like the leaders the One that stood out as leaders guess what they called them out as they're gonna be the church planners no so does it sound intimidating to if i said hey you can go be a church planner does that sound intimidating to anybody yeah that's a big undertaking like you're really stepping out of your comfort zone to start a church but in reality Planner, the church planners are simply those who are the effective missionaries that go and do God's work and start the church. So their role is just to use the gifts that you all just wrote down, right? All the gifts that you have to be a church planner and start, okay? North America Commission Board, they've got some tools. Uh, there's a link inside the, the paperwork that talks about, a link to go to, if you want to decide, if you want to look at and see, hey, maybe, you know, I could do a church planning or I could do something like, wonder what would that take? And so they have some stuff, but on the website it's kind of cool. Since 2010, they've started 8,200 churches across the United States. I thought that was awesome. 8,200 churches. Um, all right. Has it ever thought? Has it ever crossed your mind about starting a new church or planning a church? Has that ever crossed anybody's mind? It did. Okay, you want to talk about it?
2: 29 Palms went to a church outside of base, and one of the actually the pastors there was a active duty marine, huh. and it came up in conversation because they specifically target like uh, bases and supporting military. So um, we had discussed that. before.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Did anybody think absolutely not? Like, no way, Jose would ever do that. Come on, be honest. We're in the trust tree. All right. So if you don't want to start a church plan, could you be a team member? Okay. Could you go and kind of assist the church planner? Because they need, they need other people there, right? It's not just one person to do the whole thing. So new churches, what do they need? They need mature disciples to kind of go out and invest in the different things. Whether you're another ministry leader, whether you do some other job inside the church finances or whatever. But what about if you don't want to be a part of the church? Could you go and live and work in the community if you had a job there and do that job from that community and be able to talk to people in that community so even though you're not like part you're part of the church plant but you just work secular out in town to get people to come to the church How's that to spread the word about the church to spread the gospel in some of these areas where they don't know about Jesus so if it's easy for you to live and work in a place where there's a great need Why not take the risk and go and help start a church plant or move there, right? There you go. But what would hinder you from being a church plant member right now? Like what role could you specifically play in a new church? But then what are some things that are holding you back, right? What are some, just think in your head, like, all right, so I know like work and kids and and the season of life that I'm in right now. Maybe right now is not the best time to do it. But how could you help them? What could you do for church plants? We can pray for them, right? It's huge. We can pray for them. Can we pull that up? I'm gonna. Maybe. So, the Summit Church, uh, J.D. Greer's Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, they planted, I think it was, might have to go back and look. It says on the website how many they actually did. But we actually have one in Virginia Beach. It's called Risen Church. It's down on the, it's in one of the marinas down there. And they've started a church plant through the Summit Church to come and witness to people because they said there was a need in that small area of Virginia Beach uh, by the waterfront. There just wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of churches. So we scroll down a little bit. uh, So we see the first one, John and Shea, they're in Tampa. Uh, But keep going. There was one specifically I wanted to go to. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. A little bit more. Jonathan and April. All right. So they're down in Charleston, South Carolina. They've got three kids. I I emailed them. They haven't got back to me yet. Uh, But And then Parker and Leanne, I sent them a note too. They're in Iowa. So there are many church plants that are all out there. And so what can we do for them? We can pray. So... One thing we need to do is we need to commit to praying for some of these church plants. So I'd ask you, number one, to commit to praying for great joy. We pray for great joy. It's in our, it's in our prayer guide. Also, Redemption Heights, we pray for them. But there's also all these churches. Simple Google search. Just put in church plants. You can do North American Mission Board. You can do it wherever. And just type in church plants and pick one. Pray for them. They even got the easy button. Email Literally, you click it and just send them an email. Hey, what can I pray for you today? Okay, my fault. I emailed them on Monday. They haven't gotten back to me yet. That's fine. But I did get something back from Josiah. And Josiah said, he said, Please pray for ongoing discipleship opportunities that both Stephanie and I have. Pray that Stephanie will be able to impact the women in her groups and lead them to live out their faith well. Please pray for great joy Bible church, as they recently were able to start meeting publicly on Sundays. Pray for them as they seek to evangelize those in their new location, additionally, we hope to help them establish a ministry, reaching out to the many children in that neighborhood, particularly on Sundays, so that they may have a air impact in the country. And then last, pray for their whole family's health. Several of them have been sick over the last week, and they've been very, very, very busy. So please pray that they can all get over their illness and quickly get back to full strength. So if I didn't reach out to Josiah, I never would have known that they weren't feeling that they were sick right? We know what's in our prayer guide, but his first text back was, or his first email back was, that's awesome. You guys are talking about this. This is so important. And then it was, dude, that is, I I would love to see what you guys talk about. And then it was his prayer requests, right? So uh, even though that's all I asked for was his prayer requests. So anyway, we've got all these prayer requests. I'm going to put them out on the, on the channel thing. I'll see if I can get them out. But We know that there's other ways to get involved in these churches. You can turn that back off. This is just, like, just to want to show you the example, just a simple Google search, and you can find church plants, okay? Another way to be involved is kind of giving, serving, doing something to help these church plants, right? How can we support them? Well, maybe a short-term mission trip. We can find out what they need through asking them and saying, hey, you know, what can we do for you? Is there anything else we could do for you? How else could we invest and start in this new church? What can we do? So I said, contacting these church planners, find out what their biggest needs are, and how can God meet their needs. But the question comes up, if we're talking about short-term mission trips, how do you know where and how God's calling you? How would you know? So we've talked about all of our gifts. We've talked about all these great things. How would you know? With the five questions we talked about earlier... They're the one, that's how we're gonna determine this sense of calling that you have. It's not enough merely like you should feel to do something, you have to do something. So God uses those that are around you. Maybe your spouse, fiance, significant other, your best friend, somebody that knows you really well has a front row seat to how life impacts you. How your highs and lows and how you impact somebody. So think about it right now, think for a second, Who can you listen to that would help impact your calling? Who could you listen to and jot that down on the big piece of paper? Just jot down the name of somebody that you could listen to by them giving you and explaining to you what what you could be doing when it comes to a calling. So the voice of a mature believer is very, very, very important. But the first thing that Josiah did was he gave me a word of encouragement. That was the first thing that he did. And that's the number one thing that was listed in the, in the lesson was a word of encouragement. Truth and God's desires go a long way. And those are, the, those are some significant things in your life. But with the person that you wrote down, and even other people, like I said, spouse, fiance, civic other, friend, mentor, whatever, listen for patterns when they talk. When they talk to you. Listen for patterns. What do all of them have in common? What are they all telling you? Right? Brian, one day all of the hardships that you're going through are gonna come and you're gonna help somebody, right? All the hardships in marriage, you're going to help somebody because you've gone through them. All the the things that you've done in your life, your gifts, your calling, your history, your location, all these things are going to help someone in the future. So some questions that if you happen to be the person that's asked, you can say, how have you seen God work in my life? Or tell the person, how have they seen God work in, in their life? What are a few things that stand out? Okay. And what ways could you see that person being used in the ministry of the church? Some people aren't cut out to teach, and that's okay. Right? Some people, me, some people aren't called to stand up on the stage and sing, or some people shouldn't stand up on the stage, right? No. Um, There are different ways to be used, right? Your calling in life. So we know that God equips us and he provides for us he calls us on the specific mission and he's not going to hang us out the dry he's going to give us what's necessary for us to be successful in the mission he supplies us with what we need he calls us to go will it be easy will these mission trips be easy does it take some sacrifice but how we can take heart that as it is hard God will be with us, right? We are doing what God calls us to do. If we follow that in obedience, he's with us. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. All right. Can somebody share, would someone be willing to share their statement? Would someone be willing to share their life statement for the group? I'm looking for three. Three people.
1: Go first. Thank you. Helping others with their needs, or
0: meet
1: their needs. Okay. Actively witnessing to others, and talking to others.
0: Okay. Needs, witnessing, and talking. Okay? Somebody else? I finished
2: the sentence by saying um, by teaching and volunteering and serving and encouraging other moms.
0: Okay. One more. Come on, somebody.
1: I put God has uniquely called me to engage in his mission by communicating to the lost through the door that God's opened through my sufferings to love on my neighbors.
0: All right, so if we put those together, we have needs, we talk to people, we have witnesses, we're teaching, we're volunteering, we're encouraging, we're communicating, we're loving. Is that not great? Would that not be a great mission statement? What are we supposed to do as Christians? We are supposed to help out people's needs, witness to them, talk to them, teach them, volunteering to help them out, encouraging them, encouraging specifically other moms, communicate and love on them. What an awesome mission statement that would be to walk out of here tonight knowing that that's what we're going to do, right? So there's a lot, like all of those you can weave together, and they're all like in the same sense of this mission, okay? How could we partner with a church plant right now? If we, like I said, just give an example, Risen Church down in Virginia Beach. What could we do as a church right now to support them? Pray. Okay.
1: If we know people that are out that way looking for a good church, we can send folks to them.
0: Okay. So if we meet people that live out there, yeah. yeah. Okay. And hey,
2: we go visit.
0: Go visit. Sure. Go meet them. See them. Yeah. Meet our neighbors. Absolutely. Okay. Do something together with them, right? Maybe we have a joint have a joint I don't know, cookout or just something to to get together and maybe we do some joint function together, right? Or, or just like with Redemption Heights, right? If they have an event and they don't have enough people to do yeah. that, right, then we can help them out. Right, they're a church plan. Maybe they only have five like the one of them they only had five people. I think Risen Church, I think they've got five or six people that are basically on staff. And so that's all they have. So do they have enough people to do? It's not, I mean, there there are churches out there that have, what, thousands of people to go to their church and they don't need everybody to serve. And then there's churches like us that are kind of right in the middle that we need a lot of people to serve because we have tons of little kids. But we also, there are some people that don't have to serve every week, right? We can, we can go have a cycle, right? So there's a lot, but churches like that, they need people to serve. So then the question comes up, hey, when you walk into a church and you're like, what can the church do for me? Do we need to flip that on its head and say, what can I do for the church? How can I serve the church? Instead of trying to find a church that will serve you, how can you serve the church, right? Hard, those are hard questions. It's not gonna be easy, right? I'm gonna do it when I transfer here soon, go up to Rhode Island, looking for, you know, a church that I can serve, but also meets the needs of my family it's a different area up there so that's one of the things we have to do all right so I check it's seven uh, fifteen right now we have 15 minutes so what I need you to do is I would like everybody in your groups could you guys maybe slide over to fill in this group and I want you to write down some takeaways on the big piece of paper that you have write down some takeaways from tonight what really struck you that you want to carry as you walk out the door and you drive off of this area onto the mission field Okay, that's what I would like you to do. Write down what some three takeaways that you had, talk about them for a second, then we'll get back together in about 10 minutes and then we will uh, discuss it for the last five. (laughs)
1: like random there's no kids living
0: Does
2: he know what you always that being around you. So maybe there's something else there. Maybe, maybe he has like a don't yeah. so know, but they've turned on. Yeah. He yeah. retired and so yeah, I think there's some of us. So I need to make a house. Anyway, that's my answer. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, one thing that I've heard was since I've lived where I live, in the city, I'm just, there's two of us in the neighborhood that I know who go to church. That's Me and my daughter who lives across the street. So I have approached some of my neighbors about know, going to church and talking to them about it. It's just hard to penetrate that if the not, you know, there's close. Uh, I just want to find a to the end of the world <laughs> you? you one thing i got to, to remember, like, well, I gotta go now, I'm going to start uh, getting a little too much about um, pride. But I can. I should. I pray I pray I to I for pray find a way to get back in the power with those that are to in the ministry. It's ministry. It's 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 are struggling with real life.
0: Alright, two minute warning. Two minute warning.
2: That's what it feels like every oh, time you do that. I know, I, I know. know. Yeah. So I would to do better just actually getting
0: before I even have the
2: opportunity to share the day also. Some of them might be average. And like we all of this
0: we're going to need one takeaway from each table. FYI, one takeaway from each table.
2: Let's
0: I will I will
2: I I think a good takeaway is that we all have we have it. So we have I learned that from a very young age. I even wrote down what, what I heard one time when I was younger. It says, you can't keep what you are not willing to give away.
0: 30 seconds, stand by. You have to share what you have or you're
2: not to, to keep it Man, we have no time. <laughs> wow. i You're holding up numbers. <laughs> <laughs> one minute.
1: <laughs> Proactively.
0: Mark my mark at the time was nineteen twenty-three. All right. Sorry. I know. Good conversations. All right, table number one. Who's ever going to table number one? Table number one. All right. Table number one. First takeaway. Ready to go. Okay. First takeaway. Wherever you
2: are, God
0: has an opportunity. God has an
2: opportunity.
0: No, because that doesn't take up so much of my time. All right, next, table number two. Should I try ditto on all of them?
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty good. Okay.
1: I, I, that would be great if they're all the same. Well, you're, so we're we're yeah. all Catholic yeah. in churches. We're planning of churches. And it's That's difficult sometimes to see where you get this in. in. And the it's only way you can really do that is to go and sing at first. See? So, you know, What's
0: the need, and can I fill that? OK. Sorry, Dave. So verify, need, and go. OK? Hmm. Table three.
2: Jay, you have the paper. Haha. Uh-huh. I Thank uh-huh. you. Don't I, don't you can't it. I found the same way. I'm right there with um, the paper. Ways to reach out neighbors using our gifts
0: actively. <laughs> I don't even think
2: that's this week.
0: All right. Ways to actively reach out. There you Sounds go, good. <laughs> Perfect. Table four.
2: Oh, I, I Please. Uh, okay. We can literally be on mission from the moment we wake up till the moment we
0: go to sleep. All day. All day long. 24 7, 365, on mission. Hey, does that get exhausting? Mm-hmm. Yes exactly kind of exhausting can we acknowledge that how exhausting that gets mm-hmm. very well all right next table well. table five so we talk
2: about the value of having just like again like five simple questions where you can kind of be evaluating your life right because it, it can be very easy to stagnate and like you like just doing the same things over and over again and not reaching out to new people and so just having something like this where you can like be thinking like well what are the opportunities like right in front of me that I'm missing so yep. that you can Course
0: correct. I like it. All right. Six.
2: Um, I just said um, I was um, convicted to be more consistent and deliberate about reaching out to our missionaries and church plants.
0: Okay. Consistent to reach out. Mm -hmm. Table seven.
1: The best for last. Yes. We'll say, um, you know, we all have our own history, so bring that to the table, and and you never know. Uh, You know, Catholics, uh, military families, you know, you name it. There's always someone out there that has similar stories. Yeah. Who's that?
0: This is a horrible T-shirt, but, right? been there done that you got that t-shirt right that's your history okay all right so god's got opportunities for you so you could verify your need verify the needs and go for you to actively reach out all the time every day while doing this this self-evaluation consistently reaching out based on your history bam all right what i want you to do is take that little your little index card and put it in your sword somewhere in there, like close it in there close it in the front, wherever you want to put it right, or on your phone, whatever but don't just go home and throw it away don't just throw it to the side, use it hold on to it, look at it in a month look at it in a year look at it in five years, look at what you're doing where you've been, where you've come from maybe you reevaluate some of your history like he talked about, maybe you re- reevaluate where you're at in your life and how to do that alright, yeah, please just don't throw these away so, all right, let me close this out in prayer. I'm going to read uh, Lamentations 3. I want to start with, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it, and it is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. The soul who seeks him. Lord, thank you very much for this time tonight. Thank you for all the blessings, and thank you for all these takeaways that we have. And that, Lord, we just ask you to have us be open to your daily interruptions. Help us to see your work, your fingertips, you everything that you've done in creation, that you've, you've made for us. Help us to see where we can go out on mission and tell everyone of the glory of God that we have in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.